listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real. Hello, everybody. It's your boy, uh, Dennis. I'm back with the Brotherly Talk Podcast today. I'm here with my, my bro, Aubrey. How's it going? And today we have a special guest star. His name's uh, James. James. What's up, y'all? Uh, I just want to say, first of all, thank you all for the amazing support that we've been recently getting on Spotify and all our other social media platforms. If you guys do want to interact or have any questions you guys might want to ask us, feel free to click the tree in the link tree and go to our waiver, submit it to our email, and we'll try to get you on here. But without further ado, uh, James, introduce yourself. What's up, guys? Uh, Corporal James Aguilar, still not fucking sergeant yet. Um, been an MP for about almost five years. Been at Carson, obviously, fucking letter. <laughs> Uh, Fort Carson, actually, Fort Leonard Wood, um, and yeah, pretty much it. All right, well, thank you. Um, well, right now, I'm going to pass it over to my brother, Aubrey. He's going to ask you the first question of the night. Awesome. Thank you, Dennis. I love you, boo. All right, James. So, you'll get to Sergeant one day. It's okay. I believe in you. Just keep trying. <laughs> It, it, it's not like it's not going to be denied to you. You re-enlisted. At, so it's it's going to happen, man. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. And giving us the opportunity to talk to you so we can get your opinions and get your voice out there because that's really important, you know, being the voice of the little guys. Um, one of the questions really, really pertains to you because it's not something that's common with a lot of people in the military. It, it, it's definitely something you see often, okay? But it's well known to us that you are you practice fighting, like MMA and stuff, mixed martial arts, and that's something that you're very passionate about. Um, it was something that was very clear a lot when we were in the same unit together at one point back at the beginning of our careers, and you displayed a lot of love and passion for it. So I'm going to mix that into law enforcement. Okay, so how has mixed martial arts and all that extensive training that you have that regular, you know, police officers don't normally get, how has that benefited you in your capacity to perform law enforcement? Has, has that, has it been a benefit? Has it, has there been downsides? Have you had to use that in any case that if you didn't have mixed martial arts training that it could have gone worse? And... Just give me a little background to that, man. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely helped a lot uh, being able to work under pressure, I guess being comfortable, being uncomfortable is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like I tell my guys uh, when I was working the road, the three C's, right. cool, common, collective. As long as you're cool, common, collective, everything will majority go anyway. Obviously, circumstantial base, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely helped a lot. Um, I believe it or not, I've never had to really go hands-on with person. I've always tried to be the voice of reason. Um, I don't like to just randomly grab people on the street and, you know, start beating them. You know what I'm saying? Um, be the voice of reason and, and not have to use the skills that I I've learned to, you know, use as a last resort. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really, yeah, yeah. I, I try not to. Last resort, I think. Would you say yeah, that I, that the training that you did receive hasn't necessarily benefited you in a fighting style, but in your confidence and being able to stay calm, like it's 
taught you to stay calm under pressure so that's benefited you a lot as a police officer because you know calm collectiveness it's not always something that you can learn from uh, I not something that you can't learn okay but it's a skill that you have to learn and MMA has maybe been a route that gave you that ability to be really cool calm and which it, it has appeared to benefited you because you haven't had those opportunities to go hands-on I don't want to say opportunities that sounds absolutely horrible to be honest but it, it's given you haven't had to use that under any circumstances be maybe because you're confident in your ability to go hands-on but you don't want to go there because you know what you're capable of and you'd rather you know de-escalate a situation is, is it safe to assume something like that yeah, well, I mean, 100%. I mean, even just, yeah, like, like you were saying, it is a skill that can be acquired. It just takes time. Uh, simple things like even like what gets my blood pumping, like I, I get a code for, uh, let's say, a DV or even like an ISIS alarm, something super, not super simple. Um, mm -hmm. But getting my blood flowing and, you know, the adrenaline's rushing and you can, you got a little bit of sweat going, got a little tingling going, you know, that feeling you slap on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just being able to sit there on the way and, and kind of clear my head um, and obviously go to every call an open book with an open mind. Um, but being able to sit there and just breathe, you know, nice and slow, relax, and, or if you're on a scene for a TA, a traffic accident. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, people that are sitting there trying to, you know, see what's going on, record or whatever, just, you know, keeping crowd control. Um, and, and seeing something that like, uh, let's say like, uh, unfortunately like a suicide, something like that, um, being able to stay calm under pressure and have a good poker face. Uh, cause as law enforcement, we're supposed to be, you know, upholding the law and, and we're, we're the face of the installation when it comes to professionalism, yeah. um, yeah. pressure being calm and, 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 um, right. really having a good, um, but it has, it has helped, especially getting in shape. Um, I feel like in my opinion, law enforcement, not just in the military, but all around the states, um, there's a lack of, lack of not, not so much as say technique, mm -hmm. but, and right. Starting at the lowest, like we're taught, uh, levels of force or lowest level of force, obviously going to be IPC or interpersonal communication skills. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what I'm seeing around officers nowadays is they're they're resorting to their taser or their firearm or their whatever it may be OC right away instead of using those proper levels of forces. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm really trying to – when I first started training, I was surrounded by a lot of law enforcement, law enforcement guys and ex-military and stuff like that. And they'd always say, oh, I wish I had this when I was in stuff like that and – and I wouldn't have to do, you know, wouldn't have to use my taser, wouldn't have to use this, whatever it may be. So I feel like somehow, some way, I know I can't do anything. I'm only one man, um, but set somewhat of a curriculum, I guess, is the best way to put it. Which I strive, I try to do. Um, I try to do a while. I was at one two seven, and there never was any time, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got plenty of time for us to do three fifty. Dash one training, no problem at all, right? <laughs> what's three? What's three fifty dash one training, man? That's your answer. <laughs> like useless fucking certs. That's what it useless is. Useless uh, online training. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, don't forget to do your opsec. 
Oh, yeah. OPSEC cert. Yeah, you got to research in cyber awareness, too, now that you're on the podcast. Just want to let you know. Did you? Do you have an updated cyber awareness? I do, as of fucking January 10th, I believe. Oh, perfect. <laughs> then, you, then you could be on here. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I really think there should be some sort of curriculum. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been doing it since, since I've been training since 2012, since I was a kid. And um, honestly, and if I didn't start where I was and started so young, I don't think I would be the man I am today, at least confidence wise. Um, being able to know like, oh, if I'm, if I'm out with my wife or my friends or something like that, happen i have that capability to neutralize the situation and de-escalate the situation without using any means of lethal force i mean don't get me wrong it, it can be lethal yeah um but just subdue whatever may happen and or yeah whatever may happen per situation and just knowing that i have that in the back of my mind well, not the back of my mind i have that in my tool belt yeah it just makes going out and doing stuff a lot easier because the world is fucking crazy nowadays let's be real um, big facts, man. It's a big facts. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for uh, sharing that entire thing. I totally agree with some of the points that you definitely made. Uh, shit. If I knew how to do MMA, I would definitely be keeping that in my arsenal too. I'd feel a lot more confident with uh, certain situations on the road, you know. But uh, so next one, you know, next little question I ask you. It's kind of like straight away from the uh, more like personal topic, but more into the big army type of things, right? Uh, I want to ask you, so you know how the Army nowadays, nowadays you got to be very careful with what you say and how you react to people. And so this goes on to the topic where do you think the Army is getting more into the political side of the spectrum and straying away from its original values from, you know, being taught to focus on the enemy instead of worrying about their feelings, you know what I mean? So what what do you, what's your input on that? Uh, I, I agree 100%. Uh, it's, I don't want to say too much cause I'm still in and, and I don't want to. No, you're, you're good, man. You could be 100% truthful. It's all opinions. They can't get you uh, on nothing. I promise. It's, it's hundred percent. Well, that being said, it's hundred percent fucking political. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you. you still have your NCOs and, and your, and, and your officers that try to away from that and, and keep it to old army i should say mm-hmm. um but when it comes to career progression obviously you know like standing out and being a fucking pt stud or standing out and going to boards right send yourself away from your peers to this thing 100 percent. i have no dissatisfaction towards that i couldn't um but at the same time when you have so continually doing so so let's say, like, for example, right, we have a soldier that's average at PT, right, still passes, um, goes to a board maybe once in a fucking blue moon, something like that. Um, but he's at the company, putting in the work, doing the right thing, yes, sergeant, no, sergeant, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, whatever it may be. Um, and then you got the fucking, the PT stud, right? We're talking like 600 on the ACFT boards every fucking weekend, so on and so forth, whatever it may be. It's always going to be favored, that board individual, right? Mm-hmm. And regardless mm-hmm. how they handle themselves on the outside, so let's say they get into trouble, God forbid they get in trouble, um, it gets swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. On, yeah. 
majority of circumstances, I'm not saying every single circumstance, but majority of circumstances, it, it, it does happen. It is what it is, right? You want to keep yeah, yeah. the poster boy of girl of the battalion or the fucking installation, right? Yeah, because it makes the other individuals look better when that poster boy is shining for them. I and, it keeps that, and it keeps that numbers up, you know? Exactly. Um, and I feel like, especially as much as I love 127, that's been a, I feel like in my opinion, um, it's been a really big problem. Not, not so much a problem, but just a little bit to race concern. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that being said, I, I like put myself in that shoes. I'm that fucking average guy. I'm not trying to be like salty or like stay one-sided, but I know there's people to my left and right that are afraid to come out and say that type of stuff. And they just say, oh, I'll just go with it, you know, let them do their thing. You know, I'm just going to cower away in the shadows. I say, fuck that, man. Come out and and, mm -hmm. and be about it. Because how can yep. you voice concerns if you won't even have the courage to speak? It takes time. But eventually when you see the reoccurring shit happen and happen and happen, you just kind of get fed up. But yeah. kind of straight away. Point. Um, but it, it's especially being uh, – I was a uh, – uh, Battalion commander and battalion command sergeant driver from 2020 to 2021. Mm -hmm. um, up at the uh, being up at battalion and being at the office, right? You kind of disassociate yourself from the line unit companies um, to an extent. Your your majority you're dealing with op sergeants or first sergeants or company commanders. Um, yeah. Up there and kind of kind of seeing how the process works and the decisions that are made. Um. Majority of the time, it was for it's the correct. Let's say it's for an Article 15 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Subsequent amount, um, motive, reason, whatever. This kid's gonna get Article 15. Um, I'm not gonna say I have seen it. I'm not gonna say I haven't. But there's been situations where punishment may come up and say, "Oh, this kid's done this, 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 this. We're gonna not fucking sign this paperwork, and he's gonna be fine." Um, so being up at that higher level. I'm, I started to notice right away how things actually work. Cause everything like, just like information, like you get a text for, uh, for notes for next week or whatever it may be, it gets sent down by this person and, you know, by your platoon sergeant, mm -hmm. it while, down. Yeah. right. It all, all the information kind of, or the information like dissipates. Yeah. It can Somehow change so and somebody could easily make the message appear something that it wasn't originally intended. So yeah, I hear you, man. It trains for um, a thousand words and a ten. Yeah, that's best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just being up there and 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 being away from the line unit just really, it, it's more political. I mean, you're more around a lot of big wigs, right? Um, especially like brigade level where I'm at right now. Um, mm -hmm. it's a lot of you're surrounded by rank, a lot of rank, twenty four seven, and you're interacting with a lot of rank, like battalion mm -hmm. command in command sergeant majors nowadays um yeah yeah and like i said especially well especially being here now doing what i'm doing now i can't dabble too much into it but it's it's a lot of behind the doors shit that's happening that's should be brought to the light but it's not mm -hmm. um ever someone's fucking reputation at the end of the day yeah so that kind of an answered it um, but I, I, I strongly believe that the army ship style 
not just leadership. I'm talking fucking army in general. It's just, it's all political nowadays. It really, it's, it's, uh, it's to, uh, the pleasure, not pleasure. Like a dog and pony show. Yeah. Dog and pony show. And, and, and to meet, to meet the people's needs, I guess, to an extent, if that kind of, the people pleasers, the army's turning yeah. to the people instead of being, you know, we still are, you know, the, the armed forces is where the United States fucking, we're the best of the best. We're the best in the world. No fucking, no doubt about it. But yep. in turn, outside, not agencies, but people, civilian stuff don't see, they don't see the small internal shit and mm-hmm. the big, inter- well, um, but it's hit the nail on the head. It really is a dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving that uh, opinion. I do want to say though, on a uh, separate note, that at the end of the day, it, we, we can't sugarcoat it, right? We're in the army. We're here to fucking kill the enemy, disperse them. You know what I mean? And I think that's what a lot of the political games come into is that they're trying to not make people think that's what the army's for. They're caring more about their feelings, but there's no way to fucking sugarcoat it. We're here to we're here to get trained. We're here to go destroy our enemy, and we're here to do, get the shit done. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. I appreciate that for uh, going over that and. Uh, Aubrey, I'm gonna pass it back to you. I. It's such a broad topic when it comes down to how political the army can be, and and you hit so many nails that most people would shudder when it comes down to speaking. Man, uh, you spoke a lot of truth there, and you said yep. a lot of things that I guarantee a lot of our listeners would definitely relate to and be like, "Hey, this man's spitting fucking facts," and cause you definitely were. You were spitting <laughs> facts, man. It made a lot of sense. The army, we're we're in peacetime. We're not fighting nobody right now. Not yet, at least. Russia hasn't fucked up enough. But it, it's all it's all about gain. It's all it's all about getting more power and jumping above somebody else's head. And when you're below somebody, right? It's always about pleasing the person above you and shitting on the people below you. I see that so so often, and it it drives me nuts. And even as a as a sergeant now, and the soldiers underneath me, I do my best to shield them. I know I have one soldier right now that um, is getting chaptered out. And there's a lot of shit that's been kind of like rolling downhill towards him. And I'm like, I, I, I get that he's getting kicked out for a certain reasons and stuff, but he's still a human being. You know, you don't have to treat him that way because he's getting out. And then another thing I see often is like when people say they won't reenlist, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, that man's a fucking pussy. Oh, uh, he just, yeah, it's not cut out for him. It's like, motherfucker, I still did my time. I got out honorably. My contract says, uh, my DD-214, it's going to say honorable fucking discharge because I did five years of service. I still serve my country. Just because I didn't do 20 years doesn't mean everything that I did was completely worthless and it didn't benefit the uh, army that I gave my time to. But enough of that spiel. Uh, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said, Aguilar, and I appreciate you uh, for sharing that, man. Um, yeah, same. I'm going to jump back towards that little personal bit because that's just the kind of person I am. I like picking your brain and making you get <laughs> close to tears because that's that's where the real shit is, you know. Uh, a lot of people, they're, they don't know what it means to get real now these days, and you're showing us a really good bit of who you are as a person, and that's, that's beautiful to me. Um, so I want to know um, how you balance work and life in the Army, and then... If you could describe, you know, in whatever detail you can, what that work-life balance is and how you de-stress at the end of the day after you work and then you come home and just what what all work entails, what a normal day looks like to you, and then 
at the end of it, do you have time to be yourself? I'll say this at, at first, when I first got to Carson, um, I, I had a, a 50, 50 balance, right? We, mm-hmm. I mean, I got as the field started and I didn't really know fucking left and right, you know, a fucking asshole on the hole in the ground. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was just going with the flow, I guess at that point. So I didn't really have much of a like work personal life i thought it was all gonna be work 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 mm-hmm. um i'm back from the field if you had like a three day or four day we'd all fucked up and they'd mm-hmm. just yeah. make it but yeah um but getting married and, and and being with my wife and i i had a it's gonna be real fucking personal um Let when i hear, first became, when i first became a team leader um i couldn't accept defeat yeah. i couldn't ex- wrong. not not so much i was wrong but i couldn't accomplish the task at hand um i would spend fucking hours at home countlessly trying to find an answer do my research study up on things so i can you know have a legit answer if a soldier has a question or something like that i can have that i was trying to overwork myself and overload myself mm-hmm that I would come home, I would always be pissed. I would always have a fucking beer in my hand. And it got really bad to the situation. Um, where I had had to sit down with my wife and, and we really had a, had a nice, uh, a long, nice talk. And, and I'm, I'm thankful. I had a squad leader too, that really gave a shit about me. Um, yeah. Out to fucking Sergeant first class crews. And she's a, she's the fucking goat. Um, yeah. She seen me at my worst, and she seen me at my best, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be where I was today, honestly, with with without her. Um, she fucking outstanding. Um, but that being said, um, now that I'm here in Missouri, uh, I have no issues. I, I show up. I, I'm the like I said, I'm the brigade uh, commander and mass army. So I. I I can leave all that shit at work. I started to learn when I PCS'd, I started to really realize and sit back and, and take a step back and, and realize what needs to be at work and when you stay at home. So I would still count. I remember the first, the first week I started working, I would come home like, Oh, I need to put this down. I need to do this. I need to get this done. I need to go back into work. And I remember getting up and, and, and getting in the shower. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to change my, my civilians just go. And mm-hmm. the thing, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. I'm like I'm taking time from my wife that we have. Um, and I, I, now that I'm, I'm here, I won't have to go to the field as much. So I'm very blessed to have that time with my wife. Um, why am I doing this? What, what is the reason I'm hiding? I'm trying to be a perfection artist. I don't like to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially no more than fucking twice. Yeah. Um, and I had to sit there and realize what what's the point? What's going to get done? I just started. Mistakes are going to happen. I'm doing a job, something completely different than what I've done for the past four years. I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Take the moment to learn and struggle now and prosper later on. It's it's someone's life is always going to be up. It's always going to be up and down. Nothing's going to be ever be fucking perfect. But if you're able to take a step back and realize and assess the situation, what's happening and rebound from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
pinpoint anything. And that's just from your work life to personal life, whatever it may be personal goals. Um, but if it is, if it wasn't for what I was going through in 2021, when I was a TO and just getting fucking battered on myself and shit like that, then yeah. I wouldn't have come to that realization and, uh, I wouldn't have come to that realization. I probably would have been a fucking mess. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have reenlisted. I would have been so overwhelmed with work mm -hmm. and not being able to differentiate, differentiate between the two. And I would have, I would have fucking lost it. So um, would you say that that point that you're talking about in 2021 as a team leader, would you say that you experienced a, a real low in your career and as a person? I would say, I mean, it's it's no different than anything else. Some days are better, some days are worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it was. I felt like it was a low. Mm -hmm. it, 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 um, confidence wise, some days I didn't. I mean, majority of the time I didn't feel comfortable. Go, not, I didn't feel comfortable going to work. I feel like I couldn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. I couldn't up, uphold the standard, and do my job, and I was failing myself. Um, but I looked to my left and right, and I, I mean, I even, I talked to my soldiers about it. I said, hey, you know, how's my performance going? What do I need to do to improve? What what do I need to do to provide the tools for success? Because we can't pave the road for you. Mm -hmm. You got to do, provide the tools. Um, if it wasn't for sitting down and just talking to my soldiers about like real shit, not just like work, like actually being able to talk to your soldiers and understand them. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that that kind of had my head above water yeah. in my, um, and I had a such, I had a such a good squad. Like I said, great squad leader, great alpha Bravo team leaders. Um, and if I didn't have them to kind of hold me up, I would fucking, I'd be at the bottom of a fucking bottle right now. So, um, so you're saying yeah. that kind of was like the, the landmark, the turning point for you was sitting down and just, as a leader, being humble and getting to know your soldiers as a person, because that's your team. If off chance that you did go down downrange and to a firefight, you know, well, those are the people that's watching your back, and you have to do the same for them. So, be you you displayed humble leadership, and that turned you around. Uh, it's, I'm surely like uh, like I left. When I PCSCR, I kind of left without a trace. I didn't really tell too many people. I just wanted to get the fuck out of here yeah. or out of there. Um, but if I can go back in time just for a day, I mean, I, I would I would shake every fucking person's hands that helped me along the way. Um, yeah. Without the soldiers, I mean, us us leaders, we'd be fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. We, we yeah. would be. Um, us soldiers, we're, they're our fucking kids. I mean, sometimes you got to babysit them. <laughs> Make yeah. bad decisions. Yeah. If it if it wasn't for the soldiers of Second Platoon, I would I wouldn't be reenlisting. I or I wouldn't have reenlisted. I probably would be I don't know, smoking fucking pot back in California or something. I don't fucking know. That's real. That's real. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be here need to try to give my hundred percent somewhere else and and affect someone else's life in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. That's real, man. And you know, a lot of people. And I'm I'm gonna throw all us men out there. A lot of a lot of men, um, 
they find difficulty being able to express things and be humble and speak about the stuff you just spoke and I, I appreciate that i do that really shed some insight on the person and your character as a person man um that's that's the that's some good shit that's keeping a real dog dennis yeah i appreciate you uh for telling that story like 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 roy said there's a uh, no fine line way around it a lot of people wouldn't have just said what you know what you what you said appreciate you for sharing that experience with me with us man right uh so i was going to ask you from I, I did hear that you said you re-enlisted right and obviously for myself and boy we're we're getting out you know we have all the plans and everything but that doesn't that doesn't make you like anyone else who re-enlists bad you know what i mean if you guys re-enlist hey that's, that's good for you you know what i mean but i wanted to ask you for what was your reason for re-enlisting like what were some of the biggest things that made you want to be like yeah i like the army i'm gonna keep doing this and uh yeah i just want to hear your side of thought for it um going back on it uh sergeant cruz she was the 99 percent reason why i wanted to re-enlist because there's there's good there's good fucking ncos out there um i shouldn't say good she's outstanding um there's a lot of outstanding NCOs out there. And I, I know the army's hurting for NCOs because no one wants to step up and 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 take the reins and and really strive for a better army. Um, and she came in and, and like I said, I mean, she she did a whole 180, um, and it it was really for the better. Um, she was the main reason why we enlisted, and of course, just being around soldiers. Um, like I said, just being a team leader and. The early mornings and the late nights, they're they're hundred percent fucking worth it. Um, being able to see your soldiers grow, not just as soldiers, but as people too. Cause you get if you're doing it right, I shouldn't say doing it right, um, but if you're doing it how it should be, basically doing it right. Um yeah. you should be your soldiers' personal life. I'm obviously to extent you should know every single little, you know, when you when you wake up, when you fucking breathe, you know what I'm saying? but yeah. you should involve <laughs> Your life to at least get to know them and really know them. um and probably the other reason i need college hence why i'm not a fucking sergeant so <laughs> i want to get college you'll get there life. man you'll get there Hell just yeah, keep man. working keep working it's all about the grind <laughs> but definitely definitely those three um i didn't i didn't want to leave with a bad taste in my mouth because at, at that point where i either could have re-enlisted or, or couldn't. Um, yeah. I satisfied. I fucking wanted nothing to do with the army. Um, I was just fed up with all the bullshit. And, and that's when I sat down with my squad leader and, and we had a long, probably two hour, three hour talk about it. Um, and I just came to realizations and I'm, and I didn't want to leave with a bad taste in my mouth. That's the best way to put it. Um, I wanted to give another shot and in 2025, if I'm in the same predicament right now and, and I'm contemplating whether I want to stay in or stay out, I mean, who knows if I stay in awesome. If I get out, cool, I'll find something to do to support my family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But whatever that may be for uh, down the road, we'll fi figure it out. But um, yeah, I think those three college um, soldiers, I mean, fuck soldiers, man. I, I love having soldiers. Um, it's Arn Cruise, 100%. An outstanding oh, yeah, NCO. The ability to you see hear, people grow. You and college. That, people, if you're an outstanding leadership, you actually keep numbers in. Wow. 
Who would have thought? <laughs> that's uh <laughs> That's wonderful, man. I I've I've seen the person that you mentioned that kept you in and I would have never expected her to have such an impact on somebody and and that's partially on me as well. I've never put myself out there to get to know her as a person or NCO either. I just haven't had those opportunities, but that's uh that's admirable. Uh, the fact that you you were re-enlisted because of a great NCO, and it really goes to show that the army still has good NCOs. You know, there's still people that want to see you progress and be a better soldier and step into their boots one day, and that and that's really important for people who want to enlist and people who have enlisted and are junior junior soldiers now. Like that's that's something really important to see. And if there's um if there's one piece of advice you can give to give to non-commissioned officers who are stepping into those boots now what would what would that piece of advice be it it, it doesn't matter you're a corporal you're non-commissioned officer in my eyes because I feel I feel those boots and I had to wear the, I, I had to wear the stripes too so I know it's a, a lot more difficult as a corporal non-commissioned officer versus pinning on sergeant right away being a corporal is like the the shit stick of NCOs but they're they're such an important role. And it's such and, and it's it's such a big leap from specialist to corporal and from corporal to sergeant. And I, I think that corporal matters a lot. They're they're in such a explicit position to make some some real good change before they hit sergeant, you know. And it, it, it I, I I definitely respect the rank. So if there's one piece of advice that you can give to a fresh NCO, what would that be? Uh, I, I know 99% of the soldiers I was with know exactly what the fuck I'm about to say, but leave mm -hmm. from the front, from the fucking front. Now how do, how um, do you lead from the front? Don't find a computer all day or don't sit in an office mm -hmm. and tell what to do and then get pissed off when you're not out there showing them what to do. Um, be out there, embrace the suck, be out there with yeah. your fucking soldier, regardless if they're, they're under you in their, in their team or not. If they're a different squad, different team. It doesn't matter. Hey, we're all fucking soldiers, regardless of the rank. Um, like, like I've told the troops countless, countless times before, the ranks are one by one on your fucking chest. Anyone can be a fucking leader. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, I, my my biggest advice is, is lead from the front and take care of your fucking soldiers because they will have your back till till the fucking very end. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, we are coming up on four minutes here. So this might conclude uh, the end for episode five. We do want to say, obviously, thank you all, all the listeners and the viewers from whatever platform you guys are tuning in on. Uh, it really means a lot. And thank you again for James for being on here today, for sharing a lot of touching stories and a lot of stuff that a lot of people would not step up to say. And I'll give it over to Roy if you want anything else to say. Yeah. First off, I want to give a shout out to the guy at Evans Army Community Hospital today. I believe your name was Torres. You approached me and you looked at me and you're like, are you the guy from that podcast? And by you doing that, it's it's really motivated me to really keep hitting these topics and bringing people on who want to speak some truth and keep it real, you know. And James... It's weird calling you James because I'm so used to calling you Aguilar. I'm trying to 
trying to jump into that first name basis, that civilian mindset sure. again as I'm getting out. But I, I, I do really appreciate it, um, James. I, I do because your email popped up with that guest waiver and saying, hey, I'd like to be on the podcast. It's like, wow, you know, some, some peers that I had, you know, coming up in the Army with because we were all in the same unit for uh, a really big chunk and important part of our careers. And it, it means a lot to have people want to come on here and talk with us you know um we we've never really had that opportunity to sit down and be personal with each other and it's like a meeting you again and it's it's really great because we had so much time apart from when we separated units and i, I just really appreciate it man i could be all lovey-dovey and give you a kiss if you want to um <laughs> but james something we like to do um is at the towards the end of our podcast once we say thank you to all the wonderful beautiful people that like to listen to us even though it's a small small number right now but hopefully it'll get more it'll come up it'll come up (laughs) one of the things we like to do james is uh, let the guest guest end off on whatever note he wants to so if you want to say uh fuck you hopefully not or you want to say (laughs) hey (laughs) <laughs> it was great being on you know that's that's up to you dog but you you get to close the note before we hit that end on the record man i appreciate it i mean first off thank you gentlemen for having me on uh it's it's really it's been fun uh i've only done one of these i've only done a podcast once in my life when i was probably about like 13 14 years old when i was first coming to california but it's yeah. nice to just with 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 guys i came up with and and like you said, give a voice for the little people. Um, but I appreciate it. Uh, it's been fun. Hope I can be on again. And uh, oh, for sure, sit fast and uh, eat ass. All right, Johan Opperman. We all know who the fuck did that. <laughs> At the gate. Well, we all appreciate it, James. Again, man. It's, uh, it's been great seeing you. Great, uh, you know, catching up again, like you said, with fellow people. So. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Of course. You have a great night, man. Keep it real. You're listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real.